Welcome to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to making life more enjoyable for young families by hitting on the financial topics that tend to weigh on us, stress us out, and distract our focus from simply enjoying life. Hello, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Your Major Money Misnomer series. As always, if you like what you're hearing, please make sure to subscribe or follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Clicking that star, leaving a review, it really, really does help other young families out there find us. So last week we discussed long-term disability. More likely to happen? That covered what is actually worse than death financially, and that is long-term disability, as well as what you needed to know about protecting yourself against it. So really make sure to check that out if you have not already. Today our title is Don't Worry, We Are All Emotional Investors where we are going to discuss why emotions tend to play such a big unwelcome part in investing and what you can do to try and not have it really work to your detriment. So as I got older, I wound up turning into a person who doesn't have much of a sweet tooth. Some of that was just more of a healthy eating kind of a focus, but things like cake, cupcakes, icing, I actually never enjoyed them really at any point in my life. And that, you know, makes me a big weirdo, right? So... If it's uh, something that's salty, though, I'll gladly partake to complete excess, so that brings me at least a little bit back towards normal. Anyway, uh, despite that, there are some notable exceptions when it comes to sweets for me that still exist to this day. Ice cream from my hometown, Denville Dairy, and frozen key lime pie. Now, while I'll go to my grave with the strong and correct, I might add, assertion that Denville Dairy makes the best ice cream out of anywhere on the planet, which is a bold statement, it is just ice cream. The frozen key lime pie may also sound a bit kind of specific, and the reasons for both continuing past my sweet tooth phase, let's say, is the emotional attachment that I have for each of them. Denville Dairy was the place we always went growing up, so when good things happened, we went to Denville Dairy. We had ice cream cakes there for our birthdays, a lot of birthdays I still do drive out and get another one, and I fully realized though that a large part of that nostalgic emotional connection I have is is what drives that. And the same thing goes for the frozen key lime pie, except instead of a childhood connection, it's the treat that Lauren and I ate on our anniversary trip down in the Florida Keys when we found out she was pregnant with our first child, Avery. So I remember exactly where I was. I remember going out and celebrating like that. I I know that I'm being influenced by my emotions, but in this case, it's okay. It feels, you know, feels good. (laughs) What you need to know, though, when it comes to investing is that we're also extremely emotional but it often doesn't really result in a good feeling. Making or losing money makes us emotional, and when we get emotional, we tend not to take the best approaches. As we discussed in the first series, 1.6, investments should be boring, we recommend spreading out your money in different areas all the time, because while every market area will generally go up over time, in the short term, no one is really sure what area is going to do the best. So essentially, what does the best this year may likely not do the best next year. And that makes sense, right? However, when you look at your account and fund A went up 20% last year and fund B went down 5%, I'm guessing your first reaction won't be to say, hey, let me take money out of that fund A, which was so great, and put it into fund B that kind of stunk. No, of course not. You're much more likely to say, well, you know, forget fund B, let's put it all to fund A, let's go, right? So you can see there is easily a disconnect between the logical every year a different area tends to lead with the practical take money out of the ones that did the best and put into the ones that did the worst action off of that 
because your emotions can quickly get in the way. And you may be surprised to hear there's actually a whole investing approach that's called the odd lots theory that's based on doing exactly the opposite of what individual or what they call retail investors do as opposed to what institutional type investors are doing. So when normal people buy stock, they don't buy in a flat, even kind of a quantity. They might buy 17 shares or 31 shares. Whatever they can kind of afford is what they buy, and it comes out to this random kind of odd number. Institutional investors, on the other hand, they buy in what are called round lots. So say 1,000 shares, 2,000 shares. So what this approach essentially looks at is what are all the 17 and 31 share type transactions or odd lots, what are they doing? And let's simply do the opposite because we're going to go ahead and assume that normal individual investors are probably doing the wrong thing. (laughs) So where the emotions tend to be the most debilitating, though, is when there are large drops in the market. You hear about it on TV, the radio, they bring in experts about how fast the sky is going to fall. My favorite, though, is the picture of the disheveled stockbroker on the floor of the exchange you know, you could picture him kind of pulling on his face with just papers flying everywhere behind him. They, uh, yeah, they seem to always have that one ready to go. This environment, though, where things are dropping, it makes it exceedingly difficult to not act emotionally. What makes it so bad here, though, is that if you say sell after everything drops because you're afraid, so fear and emotion, and you're afraid that it's going to drop more, you have put yourself in a position that you can't recover now. You can't regain what you lost if you aren't invested. What you can do, though, to try and counteract this is to plan emotionally ahead of time, both for the day-to-day and the big drops. It's almost assured that there will be another, and more likely many, of these events in your lifetime. Historically speaking, they happen every six years or so on average. So the 12 years between 2008's financial crisis and 2020's COVID was actually quite a large spread. So the question you should be asking yourself is really more, what are you going to do emotionally to prepare yourself for when, not if, the next one comes? The first thing to know, you will most likely be emotional. Just like I know emotions are influencing me to drive out and buy that dental dairy birthday cake still, so don't tell yourself you'll be less emotional next time. You almost certainly will. It's going to be a new situation with new causes, same drop maybe, but It's very, very difficult to not act emotionally. So just expecting yourself to not be the same exact way in this upcoming scenario, whenever it may happen, is probably not a likely way that it's going to unfold. Second is you shouldn't have any money invested that you're going to need in this next, say, one to two years anyway. So remember, you have years of time for these investments to come back up again when you're going to need them. Any short-term money, again, should never be put into an investment. Next, whether through an advisor or on your own through an allocation type of a fund, having someone outside of yourself managing the funds on a mathematical basis, making those rebalancing decisions, so selling areas that have done well and reinvesting into areas that haven't done as well lately, removes your emotions as having an input in those day-to-day. Lastly, for those particularly big drops, remember what makes the market go up and down. In Series 2, 2.5 to be specific, we talked about stocks lead, don't follow, and how the stock market is a leading indicator. Investors are acting on what they think will happen. 
And if they have no idea what will happen, so if there's a very high degree of uncertainty, things tend to drop very rapidly. So think COVID before we knew what it was or had much of a plan. Or the financial crisis back in 2008 before we knew how the government was going to respond. Once investors believed they had some idea of where things were going again, you started to see that climb back up. So as a recap for today, realize that you're not at all alone when it comes to mixing emotions with investing. Everyone out there does that to some degree. Those who manage it, though, more successfully are the ones who set up a proper system and mindset. They acknowledge it will almost certainly happen again, multiple times over. They only invest funds they are not going to need for the next few years. And they use an outside resource, whether through an allocation fund or a diversified program through an advisor, so they are not in direct control for emotional decision-making. Finally, they realize that uncertainty tends to be the biggest market driver, and as that changes, so things become less uncertain, the direction of the market will likely change as well. So as always, thank you very much for tuning in today. If you are able to implement what we're talking about in this episode or any episode, that's just fantastic. You have less to worry about than before. You can just focus on what we're all wanting to do, which is enjoying life. If you are wanting help with these things, though, or you have questions you need help in clarifying, check out the Ask Joe section on the show's website, www.enjoymore30s.com. That's enjoymore30s.com. And if you did enjoy today's episode specifically, make sure to, again, jump on, review, follow, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, wherever it might be. There are literally millions of young families out there I'm trying to reach and help just like you. We've now come to the final episode already of this series, and it's called Advisors Are at Hershey Bars, where we're going to discuss what you need to know about the many different types of advisors out there. You might be surprised about how many differences there can be and what you can do to make sure you find one that's a good fit for you if you are wanting one. Until next week, thanks for joining me today as always, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. The conversations on this show are Joe's opinions and provided for general information purposes only. They do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice for your specific situation. You should always seek appropriate advice from a financial advisor, accountant, lawyer, or other professional before acting upon any content or information found here first. Joe is affiliated with New Horizons Wealth Management, LLC, a branch office of TFS Securities, Inc., and TFS Advisory Services, an SEC-registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.